Hello there, friends. I'm Richard Kisnan. We all knew it was coming. Adulthood, relationships and marriage, business, health, money, bills, fitness. If you're like me, we didn't think that life would come at us like this. I welcome you to join me for raw, authentic, and hopefully really fun conversations about coming into your own as an adult and to help you create a powerful life of your design. This is the Adulthood Revisited Podcast. AR Nation, how's it going? Welcome back to the Adulthood Revisit Podcast. I'm glad to be here with you, your host, Richard Kisnan. And boy, have we got a good one here today. I'd like to introduce to you a friend, sort of someone who, who I've been watching, observing, and aspiring uh, in the digital marketing space, Alexander Hauser. Welcome to the Adulthood Revisit Podcast, my friend. Thank you so much, dude. I, 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 love, the, I love the title of the podcast, man. It's I appreciate awesome. it, man. It's perfect. So, just to set the table, I, I've been sharing this that, I, you know, I'm a lawyer, but the last couple of weeks, particularly as we've been dealing with COVID and, and all that comes with it, I've been rethinking, like, who do I want to be in the world? What do I want to do with my time? And I'm not bashful about it. Like, I don't necessarily think that lawyering has been the best use of my time or gifts and talents. And so I've been pivoting into the, I kind of like marketing, been, been doing all the SEO marketing for my law practice for the last decade. And oh, wow. kind of found this niche of like online digital marketing, affiliate marketing, which I've been, I've been personally diving headlong into. One of the first people that I came across is you, Alex. And, <laughs> you know, I, I was like, okay, I, from, the, from the jump, I kind of felt like you and I, maybe the same age, same kind of background. And so once I heard your story um, and, and I heard you speaking with some other, uh, the, uh, Evan Eugene Wong, like I have to have you on the show. Um, so with that, I'd, I'd love if you can take some time, share with the world, share with the audience, sort of how you got to where you are. And then from there, we'll take it, um, you know, what, what is it you're after? Yeah, no, man. And uh, I, I, I appreciate the, the awesome intro. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been great, you know, the, the little bit we get each other um to this point but yeah and, and honestly man it's it's funny because i'm not that far ahead of you in terms of time in the uh the affiliate marketing space but just to give a, a little bit of background um you know so so i for uh yeah let me know where to start because i don't i don't i i want to i want to keep it uh organized and not too uh, <laughs> rambling because there's there's just so much so so many and just probably maybe like you're feeling dude there's so there's so many like backstories and emotions tied to why I'm doing it but you know in essence I got on, I, I had been researching for like a year um, about w trying to create an online business so I had recently lived in San Francisco which you know not unlike New York is two things it's it's kind of the, the the capital of finance but also two kind of like the mecca of startups right and so i lived in san francisco i was i was a personal trainer i worked right down in in fidei financial district you know right in the hustle and bustle of san francisco a lot of my clients as a personal trainer were people who were either ran their own startups or had worked for startups you know like i had a guy um, Twitch, which, you know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with or not, but anybody who's like into gaming and, yeah. you know, Twitch has become a, a like a, a billion dollar company. Um, one of my client, one of my, the very first like client I got in San Francisco, he was like the like 15th employee of Twitch. And so I kind of saw the evolution and the power of a startup with him. Cause when he first started training with me, they had like 50 employees. And then the next year they had a hundred. The year after that, they had 200. The year after that, they had 400. And then finally, he was like, yeah, we're not, we can't double again. We don't have enough to do like 800 people. And I was like, holy shit, you know? And, uh, and he was such an awesome guy. Like, he was so cool. Like, just such a humble, you know, like, totally like a guy you and I would go out and have a beer with, you yeah. know? And, but the guy would, you know, he was like, the fifth in charge at Twitch, which is like a multi-billion dollar, because I got by Amazon for however many hundreds of millions of dollars, right? right? And 
you know, cause he worked at like a, a tech startup every time he would, he would work out with me in the morning and every time he'd leave the gym, he'd be in like skinny jeans and like a, like a t-shirt and like skater, like bands, you know? And I'm like, dude. And, and so I just thought he was like this, this like tech guy programmer. But then as I started to meet more people around San Francisco and meet more people in the tech industry and meet more people that work for Twitch, they'd be like, Oh, you know, so-and-so they're like, man, he's really important. And I'd just be like, what are you kidding me? Um, but really what, so what that, in being in that kind of ground zero of, of tech startups taught me how quickly stuff could scale. Cause yeah. I was, you know, I have clients that literally overnight they would become millionaires, you know? Um, and it was funny cause they'd always change their time to like later in the day when, <laughs> when their companies blew up. <laughs> um, and so that kind of, you know, inspired me to, to do a couple things. One, I started to, with the cares act and investing in startups, um, when you don't have to be an accredited investor anymore, which is a whole different conversation, but also too made me realize like, Hey, I need to scale and do something online. And as a personal trainer, everyone that I saw that was doing that online, I didn't necessarily want to do cause I felt like they were cheesy and corny and you know, I'm a very, uh, I should say up until a couple months ago, very like private person. And it was like, when I would post on social media, my like family would be like, Oh my God, he's alive. <laughs> you know? So, um, and now I'm doing, I'm posting on social media like twice a day, you know? So let me ask uh, you this with, with just, cause I'm curious about personal training, right? You, was that your, was that what took you to San Francisco or, or. So what took me to San Francisco, dude, is I've been a rug, I've been a rugby player and a rugby coach. And so, um, so I was coaching in college and, uh, I'll just be transparent. You know, um, I, I have always struggled with alcohol in my life. And when I, I was coaching a, a college in Northeast Arkansas, Arkansas state, I was very young. I was 30, 31 at the time when I first became a head coach, my, within six months of me becoming a head coach, I, beat both of my coaching mentors, both of my alma maters. So I beat, I, I graduated my undergrad from University of California at Berkeley. And I graduated my postgraduate degrees from Life University just outside of uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And during my first season as a head coach, like literally less than four months probably as being named head coach, yeah. in our national championship tournament, I beat and knocked out Cal and then in the national championship game I shouldn't say I, I should say my team beat and knocked out life as well so in those same in that same uh tournament in that same national championship run I was able to beat to our my, my team was able to beat both of my alma maters as well as both of my coaching mentors yeah. wow. and so I was like well on my way you know um as establishing myself as a a young successful and kind of you know like you know it's just like any other sport when you're young and you have success as a coach you know you you get a name for yourself and you know people project you to do things i unfortunately um did not have a great base and um had issues with alcohol and things like that and ended up getting a, a dui in Arkansas and getting obviously let, let go from my job there in Arkansas state. And so I was out on the market looking for a job, trying to stay involved in coaching. Um, and I got a, a lifeline thrown to me by a, a men's club out in San Francisco. It was, um, San Francisco golden gate. They had been like the most successful, uh, rugby club of the 2010s. And so I moved out to San Francisco to go and coach that team. Um, but because it's San Francisco and because I was coaching rugby, um, you know, I was not making it. I was probably making like maybe 40 or $50,000 a year to coach that team, which you can't live in San Francisco to do. Um, so I had to, I had to, uh, I had to come up with another job and because, you know, athletics and fitness and everything had been a passion of mine. It was, you know, personal training. Um, was kind of a natural fit and gave me the flexibility to be able to still coach rugby kind of thing. So, Got it. all right. So you're in Cal, you're in, you're in San Francisco now, rugby. 
eventually going to personal training. Now, the personal training thing too, I want to, I'm, I'm curious about before we get to where we like sort of are now, but yeah, yeah. what did you, like when you started with personal training and, and maybe you had, it sounds like some elite clients, right? Did you, well, let me take a step back too. Did you ever, was like entrepreneurship or running your own business ever, ever like something you wanted to do or um, like was your, your goal maybe just working a job? Like some people don't have any desire. Yeah, to do their own no. Thing. So I'll, so I'll tell you this. It's so um, my dream job I had in Arkansas and I got it. Fucked it up for, for lack of a better term. And I went to San Francisco to try and reestablish my career um, and rebuild my reputation, um, rebuild my reputation as a coach and rebuild my credibility within the rugby community and kind of bounce back from, um, you know, the, the issues I had created for myself. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I, I guess when I really kind of discovered entrepreneurship was partly in when I was coaching rugby because dude, when you're a rugby coach in America, like I was rugby coach at Arkansas state, I was making $35,000 a year. And dude, I was booking the hotels. I was booking the flights. I was, I was p getting the matches. I was recruiting the guys. I was advising the students on what courses they should take. I was um, making them lunches when we went on road trips, like every, you know, I was like a one man band kind of thing. Um, so that in a lot of ways is like being an entrepreneur when you first start. Right. Um, but then also too, I got another taste of it. Uh, when I, um, when I started to become a personal trainer, so you would know this company. I don't know if you, are you familiar with the, with the uh, show broad city? Uh, I've seen a few episodes. Yeah. yeah. So you, so I'm not going to name the company, but it's the one that they mock as solstice in broad city, the fitness company. Okay. Okay. So you know what I'm talking about. Um, I got you. So I worked for that company in San Francisco, right? Yeah. Like major luxury brand, you know, hundred plus franchises, or I shouldn't say franchises, but locations around the world now. Um, and the one thing I appreciated about that company is when I started as a new hire, they were very transparent about like how shitty it was to be a new hire and how tough it was to... Um, to to kind of cut your teeth and build your business up to full to what they call full time. Yeah. And so they had like a six month training program that they had designed to get people to full time, which oh. had been successful in some parts of the country. San Francisco is obviously vastly different than New York, where this yeah. company is centered. Um, and so uh, which the people, the higher ups at the company did not realize. Um, that's a whole other story. But so, and I realized after like a week of being a new hire, like, hey, there's all these people who are, who are quote unquote new, new hires and they've gone past this six month mark and they still haven't made it. And so I, I basically told myself, I was like, dude, this is a shit sandwich. So instead of eating a shit sandwich for six months, and waiting until I get full time and start earning like a decent living and a, a yeah. decent paycheck, I'm going to just suck it up and like work my ass off 14 hours. I was at the gym 14 hours a day for the, for, for when I first started and I got to full time within three paycheck cycles, which is six weeks, which I, and I don't know if this is true or not, but what I was told was that was the fastest that anyone got to full time in the company. Like, wow. Ever. Um, and all I did, dude, was, and, and part of it was that they like, they were, they, I was this like, like loose cannon to them, but that I was making them a shitload of money. So they didn't care because in the new hire training, they like came to us and they're like, here's all these scripts. And I just like, and we were, they're like, here, do this role play. And I, I looked at the scripts and just threw them to the side. And I was like, yo, I'll just do this role play off the, off the rip. Like, you know, because for me, that was like my biggest hangup. And honestly, my biggest fear when I became a personal trainer was the selling aspect. Because to be a good personal trainer, you need two things. 
you need to one, well, you probably, you need three things. You need one to be technically like educated about how to actually like physiology and how to put together good programs. You need to be able to actually like extrapolate and convey that knowledge. And then three, you need to be able to sell because you can't get clients unless you're selling. Right. Um, And I was really worried about the selling part because I hadn't necessarily, I hadn't ever done direct sales. But the one thing I realized quickly was that when I worked as a rugby coach, there's no harder sell in the world that I have found than walking into a a like 17 or 18 year old's home with his mother and his father and their family and trying to recruit them to come to your university hundreds of, if not thousands of miles away in Northeast Arkansas. And so once I realized that and that like, Hey, you know, and then also too, it's like, dude, if you've ever asked anyone out on a date, if you've ever convinced your buddies to do something that you wanted to do when they wanted to do something else, like you sold, it's just maybe you haven't gotten money for it. And so once I realized that dude, and then also the big, the other really powerful thing that I realized was when I was in San Francisco, dude, people were paying me like $150 an hour to be their personal trainer. And in my mind, I was like, dude, I would never pay that. But the average salary of people that were members of our gym was like three or $400,000 a year. So once I realized that like, they're not buying with my wallet and that like, Hey, I've sold before. And also too, um, they need me more than I need them. Then that was when like, boom, my just business took off and I got to like full time super quick. So let me just, you get to full time really quick, whatever it was, six weeks, three pay cycles. Yeah. Yeah. Rolling. Did you, what did you see for yourself as a personal trainer? Right. Because at that point, like presumably you're, you're, you're hitting six figures. One of the like stars, star trainers. So I don't know what it is, but like a lot's going for you. So I think a lot of people can be blinded by that success and not want to move from that. Yeah. And so, oh man, dude. Yeah. We get like, we'll get super personal. So, um, you know, part of it was one, I wasn't, not that I didn't enjoy personal training, not that I didn't, didn't, because part of it too was like, dude, I screened the shit out of my clients. Like I had people be like, yeah, I want to join with you. I'd be like, no, because I knew like, yo, I don't want to spend three hours a week with you. You're going to come see me three times a week for a one hour personal training session. And like, you're a fucking asshole. Like, I don't want to be around you. Um, but honestly, part of it was, uh, I was in a relationship with a woman who earned like four or $500,000 a year. And so there was a huge, massive, um, income gap. And anyone that's been in a relationship like that, that, um, you know, it, it causes friction. And so my goal was to help alleviate, that friction in our relationship, um, just to be completely honest. And then also too, part of it was that I wanted to be able to prove to myself that I could survive in San Francisco without my partner at the time. Can I, can I a really, I mean, if, if you don't want to answer it, then, then don't. I, no, it's, it's fine, dude. It's just, I just don't know what people want to hear or not. <laughs> I'm happy to share, dude. I'm curious, like, when you say that you, the, the, the friction that was, and I understand the friction. I've, I've been in a relationship like that before as well, where who I was seeing, she was making like twice what I was making, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you and dude, when like, you're with a woman who's like that, like, they don't fuck around. You know what I mean? Well, my question like, is, is it my, like, was it your own? I, I think ultimately I realized it was my own problem with the money disparity. Do you it think? Wasn't my, it wasn't it, okay. it, it, I mean, it, there were not just, all right, so let me be fair. There, not to say that there wasn't an issue in terms of my own ego sort of thing, but honestly, like I was willing to, to, you know, we had come to verbal agreements about um, relationships there's several buckets that make up a successful relationship and we both contribute to every single bucket, but we contribute at different levels. Yeah. And 
it was clearly that she was contributing like 90% plus to the financial bucket. And, you know, and, and so dude, I worked my ass off to make up for that disparity in all the other buckets. Yeah. And, um, but you know, financial, financial disputes are like the number one reason for divorce. Right. right? You know? So, um, and as much as, as much as, uh, as much as I try to not let it bother me and as much as she tried to not let it bother me, like, dude, when it comes down to it, like she was used to a different lifestyle that like, I never even like when we went on vacation, dude, we flew to, um, fucking Bali. We stayed at the St. Regis in Bali, which I don't know if you've ever been to a St. Regis or not. I have not. Okay. So when we, so, okay. So if you just go and drive by like the St. Regis in New York and then imagine that being in Bali or just Google St. Regis Bali, dude, it was like, it was like better than the postcards you've ever seen in your (laughs) life. And when we would like walk through doors, there'd be like three little dudes like scrambling to open a door for it. Was, it, it was so luxurious. It made me uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Which was like a big issue in our life whenever we went to these like five-star places. Um, but it was like, it was like, we did, th- we did that. And dude, we flew on like the, like, dude, we flew from San Francisco to Bali, like lay flat beds, you know, like, dude, they fed us like, you know, it, like when you stay in those cabins in the plains, if you never stayed in there, dude, there was so much food. It was like, stop bringing it to me. I can't eat it all. You know, it was I, like I so nice. I've never. <laughs> no. And, and dude, and that was like, and it was funny because she would always give me shit uh, because, you know, she, because part of it was, dude, and she worked her ass off. You know, she would travel two plus weeks a month. Um, extremely intelligent woman with like, you know, uh, you know, a dual master's degree from Berkeley, um, you know, worked her, worked her ass off, um, you know, super charismatic, great personality. And, um, you know, it's a great, uh, great, you know, super ambitious and everything. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, she would give me shit because we were like, there was one, you know, she, and partly because she traveled, that was how we stayed at this, because we traveled so much. So So she was like, like when we went to the the Bali uh, St. Regis, which was just insane, dude. Like you have never seen a more beautiful place in your life. And dude, and like the, the, the fucking like breakfast spread, dude, was like, like crazy, like so epic. But when we went, we, we went and checked in. So because she traveled so much, she was like SGB, SPG, platinum, like, you know, United, whatever, because United's main hub is in San Francisco. So she was like United Platinum, whatever. So we always would get upgraded all these places. And I didn't realize like how big of a deal it was until when we went to the St. Regis in Bali. And when we checked in, they thought we were just like some couple checking in. And then like the like maitre d' came out and like told the people who were helping us that they, that we were, um, that we were like, that she was platinum status they literally took the like drinks out of our hands and took the stuff away from us and then came back out with like the like super bougie shit (laughs) and i was like holy shit and i just looked at her and i and i just saw like how happy it made her and i was like you just like every that was yeah i mean to get again it was that was the like chasm between us because that sort of shit just like gave her so much satisfaction to where me it made me like super uncomfortable no yeah i mean i hear you i didn't want i didn't want to like if you didn't want to go too deep but that was no it's it's a real thing that a lot of people it is maybe don't even think about it until you're in there and like it is it's hard it's hard to navigate but okay so in this relationship there's there's a disparity but it made you start thinking about maybe how you're gonna scale personal training so it it did so it did man just being in that san francisco environment and then the other thing, bud, that, that I realized was that the woman I was dating, you know, and I still love her and we, and we still have a, a good relationship today, um, is that I realized that she, because she was working so hard, even though she was making an insane amount of money um, and, and like had, and dude, and she would get these like insane benefits for going to these things that she was going to. 
she had so much money, but so little time that like, she didn't even know how to manage her money. So even though I was making way less money, I was making the little bit of money I had to invest and be able, I was making that work for me way better than she was. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so that made me realize like, dude, it's not, it's not, it's not that I need to be getting paid $300 an hour to do a personal training session or that I need to go from a $100,000 an hour job to a $200,000 um, job career. It's that like, I need to, it's like everybody, it's, you know, it's that I need to make money while I sleep kind of thing. Yeah. So then you get, all right. So you're, you're starting to realize this. You're in a space and a place. People around you, like, I mean, you're making good money, like the, the, the number figure, like depends on where, relatively speaking, yeah, yeah. right? Well, you're making good <laughs> money, personal training. You've got people around you making like these, these multiples of things. Like you wonder and you start, you start thinking like, how can you do that? What, what then is your, was your next step? So, so I researched for, for quite a while. I researched probably, and like by research, um, this is, the, so this is what I did for research. And I definitely do not recommend this <laughs> method of research. So I said to myself for a three month period, everything that I came across on Facebook that was about making money online, I signed up for it. All right. It's like the new, the new, the modern day Russell Brunson tactic. Sign up for everything, every, every kind of swipe file, every kind of. Yeah. I didn't even know that he did that, but I was just like, Hey, I'm trying to make money online. I don't know how to do it. I know that I, I, and so part of it too, was that I knew that all my clients and friends in, in SF that were, they had these like hard skills and technical knowledge that I had like, that was the, that was the hard thing. That was part of why I became a personal trainer in San Francisco too, was because if I, I was in the front end, I was in the back end, I was in the full stack. I wasn't like, you know, I didn't know, you know, I wasn't a project manager, like any of that sort of stuff, you know, dude, cause if you do that in San Francisco, you get a fucking job easy and you're making out of school, like more than I was making busting my ass as a personal trainer. And so so not knowing, knowing that I didn't have those types of hard skills, but knowing that I had um, a couple of skills that a lot of those people don't have is that uh, I'm not afraid to talk to people. Um, I had been a successful like championship level winning rugby coach. Um, and that also too, I had like closing skills. Right. And so I was looking into and like, how can I make this money online? And originally, honestly, man, I wanted it just to be like a, a, a side hustle. So like something that I could do for an hour or two a day yeah. and make it somewhat passive. So I looked, I, I looked at the like drop shipping and e-com and the FBA thing. And to be honest, I signed up for an FBA, the top FBA coaching program, um, which if anybody is familiar and everybody's looking to it, they would know what it's called. Um, and right as I signed up for that program, within like a week into it was when coronavirus broke out in China. And so the whole thing with the FBA is that like, you're, you're looking for products on Alibaba, you're connecting with um, suppliers in China and all that sort of stuff, right? And so right as I was about to, right as I had picked my quote unquote hot, hot product, um, based on the formula that this company provided. And I was about to order samples from like three or four providers, like phew, coronavirus, China broke out all the, all the, uh, all the factories had shut down. And so luckily I was still within the time frame, and I just had a really bad feeling about the coronavirus. And, and also too, I was like, well, shit, if I can't, like, maybe I don't want to depend on these products from China. Maybe I need to do something either within the U S or something digital. So that way there's no, I cut out the middleman, there's no product. And then, Oh yeah, by the way, like when you cut out middle, obviously when you cut out middlemen, you increase profits. Right. 
Um, and so I got a refund and then that was when I discovered um, a further research and I'm sure now that I know stuff, it was like retargeting ads that I, that I discovered um, uh, affiliate marketing. Yeah. Let, me, let me ask you this. And before we dive into like the affiliate marketing and, and some of the things you're taking away from that now in the period, because as you were talking about being a personal trainer and around like, let me just say around wealth. Yeah. And like wealth people, like, you know, you have certain skill sets, other people have their own skill sets, but the disparity in wealth, like, did you ever feel frustrated or like, why can't I get this right? Um, you know, man, I honestly, uh, I, <sighs> I mean, it was, let me ask you this. Cause it was a leading question. What I just gave you. I did. No, you I know, I know, I know. And so I'm trying to, Go ahead, but go ahead. And, I was gonna say, did you feel a certain kind of? I don't want to say it has to be frustration or whatnot, but like, did it? Because I, I feel this, and as you're saying yeah. that, I feel that question. Like, why? What am I missing that other people get? Yeah, and so what I was trying to do was try, probably trying to formulate a pretty politically correct answer, but I'll just say it. Um, and especially, dude, like San Francisco. San Francisco is, it's not a rich man's city, dude. It's a wealthy man's city. And San Francisco has pushed and is continuing to push the lower socioeconomic classes out of the city. And dude, um, like it is hard to find a black person in San Francisco anymore. That is like a native born and raised San Franciscan that like still lives in there because the traditionally like, like, um, God, like, like they used to call, uh, a certain neighborhood in San Francisco, the, the Harlem of the West. And now they've got all the murals and everything in there. And it's all like fucking tech bros that live in that fucking community. You know what I mean? And, you know, even in like the mission, the mission, which is like the traditional Hispanic and Mexican community of San Francisco, like, for some reason, the tech bros really like that community. And so now all of everybody's being gentrified out of those communities and shit. Um, so, so, so I partly, I, I partly do it's, it, and you know, this is the thing, like no one in my family, no one in like the generations of my family have ever really been super, super, super wealthy, right? We have had opportunities in previous generations of my family, I think to really make, um, to be able to create generational wealth, but we miss those opportunities. Um, one, because of the alcoholism that runs in my family and two, because of just bad business decisions, you know, um, which happens to everybody. Uh, so partly in dude, I, and I knew it, um, it's like, dude, like, like if you come from wealth, like you're going to be wealthy. You know what I mean? Like if you have, if you come from a family that has, and being at Cal, I realized like, fuck dude, like, especially in California, dude, like California's expensive as hell, whether you're in Northern California, Southern California, like people have money, dude. And like, I went to and was in a fraternity with people that had like ungodly amounts of money. I remember, I remember like, I remember watching it was like the like snowboarding or something with some of my friends um you know this was like late 90s early 2000s right watching like snowboarding on espn it was like x games or whatever and i had never snowboarded in my life and being like and but all my buddies like love snowboarding i was like oh you know these are like the top pros i was like oh you know how much do you think these guys make a year and they're like oh maybe like a hundred thousand or a hundred fifty thousand dollars a year i was like really it's like damn that's awesome and they all just like laughed they're like dude i'm gonna wait I want to make way more money than that. <laughs> and I was like, and I was in, and like, honestly, like that, that, that statement today is like why I always felt a separation when I was friends with them and why we, we haven't talked ever since we graduated college. Yeah. It's just a different, you, you get set. It's a, it's that whole like Robert Kiyosaki type of thing in a way and then also, two, it's the whole thing that has started to become exploited and exposed again, unfortunately, this past weekend in terms of the system. Right. Right. Um, 
All right. So let let's let's turn back to to where you are recently. And so you you kind of found the space in affiliate marketing. Um, I mean, we we don't necessarily have to talk strictly about affiliate marketing, but like, what about it? Because you and I, you and I were sort of talking privately before this. Um, some things like maybe in previous work, you 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 had like talents and gifts that weren't really being called upon. So, yeah. what have you found? And maybe this lends to your success in affiliate marketing and the digital marketing space, like. What have you found in the space and in this world that really like makes you be a, you know, the kind of person that you want to be? <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And so I will say, you know, what we talked about before, dude, is that, you know, I transitioned from being a rugby coach into a, a corporate corporate job and, um, anyone who's worked a corporate job understands that there's like so much red tape and so much, uh, CYA type things and unnecessary, uh, like things that you have to do in your job that aren't what I call RGAs revenue, revenue generating activities. So even though I am evaluated on how much, revenue I generate the company. I've got dozens of things that I am accountable for that have absolutely nothing to do with revenue with generating revenue. And that literally take up probably two thirds, if not 75% of my workday to do these fucking bullshit fucking things that don't do anything for the company other than like cover my boss's ass because their boss above them is a fucking asshole. Right. Um, so what I, what I have found now with, with, and hopefully maybe what you found is with doing the digital marketing and particularly um, the affiliate marketing is it alleviates a lot of pain points. Um, and, and I guess maybe in the manner in which I do the affiliate marketing. So I'm only an affiliate for products that I have invested in and believe in. Yeah. I, I've invested in a couple other products other than the ones that you and I are, 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 are involved in yeah. uh, mutually that like, dude, I will never promote because one, I don't believe in the product and two, I don't believe in the way that they promote the product because they're not transparent and they prey on people's, they, they create false hope and they prey on people's desire to create a better life for themselves. Um, you know, which, I, which I'm all about creating. And I think you and I are all about creating a better life for ourselves, but not at the expense of stepping on other people. Um, the other thing too, is that the manner in which we do it in the manner in which we're, we're taught in, in SAA is like the simple fact that I'm on this call with you right now, right? Like we make connections with people. Um, and that's one, that's one thing that I really realized in my corporate job is that I stopped going from having intimate relationships with people to having wholly transactional relationships with nearly everybody in my life. And it started to even spill over into like the conversations I would have with my mom and like, you know, and stuff like that, you know, it's, and it's like, I don't want to be one of those people, dude. What I, what I care about is, that I know that people know I care about them and that I know that people care about me. What, what's a goal of like, and I don't know how you constitute success in, in digital marketing, but like, what do you want to have? What, when you look back at this year, 2020 or 2021, and you say, man, I, I like, I did this thing and I'm doing this thing. This is what I want to see to call it. I mean, you and I chat a little bit before this, yeah. like some of the things that you, you want to make happen in your life. Um, to constantly like, what, what, what does that look like for you? Man? Um, yeah. Uh, well, it looks like to me. So one thing would be that I acted brave when other people were in fear during the whole coronavirus thing. Cause I started, I invested 
and then literally like a week later, coronavirus broke out and the whole country got shut down kind of thing. Um, you know, so that way, you know, I, when, when other people were in mass hysteria, I remained calm and was able to, um, have, uh, success. The other thing is, uh, I think that they're probably most, <laughs> yeah, wealth to me, dude, is, um, is wholly intangible. The biggest thing that I want to get from this is like an increased sense of inner peace and harmony and just like fulfillment because I don't get any of those things from my corporate job. And so a lot of that comes to like we talked about in terms of, you know, me being an ex rugby player and a, and a rugby coach of like satiating that competitive side, which being an entrepreneur, particularly being an affiliate, um, you know, there, there's that aspect of it. Part of it is like we, like I just talked about having those deep um, connections with deep and meaningful connections with people um, and knowing that like, Hey man, like, there's people who go to sleep at night, like caring about my well-being. Um, and then also two men, I would say that, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not going to fucking sit here and like, there's a money factor to it. And so, um, uh, having enough, like, and I'm not talking about like having like, you know, where I'm like slapping people in the face with hundreds and you know, like making it rain type shit, but enough money to where um, I can do the things that I haven't been able to do the last 10 years, which is like go to my nephew and niece's birthday, go to my parents, you know, whatever it's going to be now, goddamn, like 50th anniversary and we're getting old. Um, and, you know, and just be in going to my friend's weddings and like not having to sweat it, yeah. you know? And, and I mean, ultimately dude, uh, you know, pie in the sky sort of thing. My, my dream goal is to move back to San Francisco, but also to, to be able to afford to live in San Francisco, which is like not an easy thing. Um, but also to, to have a house or a place of residence down in Lima, Peru, the city of Kings. And you only need like a thousand dollars to do that a month in down in Lima. And I don't know if you've ever been in Lima, but if you haven't been, you should go cause it's beautiful. Interesting. Um, no, I've got some friends that are from the like, and it's the Pacific ocean, just like San Francisco. Um, let me, let me start bringing, cause I mean, we, I, I don't want to keep it much longer. This is, this no, is man. really yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to however long you want to go. One but. question I want to ask is what did, what would you tell yourself like 10 years ago? Ten years ago, I would have told myself that I need to become more self-aware and more emotionally intelligent and that I need to focus on the relationship with myself and learn how to uh, not focus on external accolades and focus on internal fulfillment. I hear you there, man. I feel the same way. Like, that's the one thing... Not the not the only thing, but like something that's taken priority in my life the last last couple of years is that like being very self aware and of how how you're feeling mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all those things combined. Because you know, dude, the one thing I I will say, and you know, this is a combination of a ton of shit. Um, I wish, and if I ever have children and I ever have a wife, um, I want my household to be like filled with joy and for, uh, for there just to be like an air of like gratitude and happiness. Um, you know, because we didn't, in my household, we didn't grow up with those things. And I'm cool for a lot of the things that I grew up in my household, but there wasn't a lot of laughter. There wasn't a lot of joy. Um, and there certainly wasn't this whole like 
awareness of, cause dude, if you can get the relationship with yourself, right. And you can, you can love yourself from the inside out. Nothing else in life matters, dude, because one, you're, you're probably going to be successful at whatever it is that you want to do. And then two, even if you're not, you're going to still be grateful for what you have. That's, that's, I will say this, man, that's really powerful. I'm like, if whoever's listening to this takes a step back and rewinds 15 seconds and just listens to that, it's, it's really powerful because like we're chasing, we chase things. Like we, I I don't know how many people, myself included, I'm not going to sit here and say like, I don't like, I'm chasing wealth. I'm chasing the same things, but like how much time do I actually spend like being happy with my life? Like even if I accomplish whatever monetary goals I want, six figure, yeah. seven figure, eight figure, I don't necessarily know that that's going to make me happy. And because so, and the thing about it is, dude, if you're not happy and, and this is one, and I'm not preaching to you, I'm saying like we right. as people, if I can't be happy doing what I was doing just because I become an entrepreneur and, um, and honestly, it's probably going to be even more so. It's going to be more compounded because everything's on you as an entrepreneur, especially when you first start, right? Um, you know, even when, like you said, when you make that money, six, seven, eight, nine figures, that doesn't guarantee, you know, it's like, it's like, it, I mean, you're from New York, dude, you know, you know how Puffy said, more money, more problems. Like, and then that's true, dude, because it like money doesn't make and there's like scientific studies that up to a hundred thousand dollars a year, there's like a marginal increase in happiness, and then after that it like flattens out. And so my biggest thing is like, yes, I want to have money because I want to have freedom of time more than anything. And I and also too, I have like you know, I want to start a, I want to start a foundation for, um, for rug creating youth rugby in America. I want to create a foundation for trans youth in America. I want to create a foundation for, um, all of the shit that has been going on this last weekend. Like, you know, I want to, I want, like, I love people. I'm down for the people. I want to help the people. And I realize like money is a big thing and a big factor in that. Like, I don't want to have money so I can live in big houses and, you know, drive a fucking Lambo or anything like that. I want to have money because dude, I want to empower people. Cause that is what like gives me, that is like, the ultimate drug for me is when I, when somebody like, and dude, I, I actually, I just had, uh, I just had a player that I coached 10 years ago that a few days ago sent me like an unsolicited, uh, email thanking me for like some lesson that I taught him in like a film session that I didn't even remember, but that like he was able to apply in teaching his child and it was dude like no amount of money could ever make you feel that good that's that's awesome wow you know what i mean yeah um let me i want to wrap up with this for anyone who resonates with your story maybe they find themselves in a place where there's some some degree of like dissatisfaction unfulfillment whatever you want to call it right unless like something in their life just feels off i'm not saying it's wrong or whatever cases someone who if if you're talking to someone who was in your shoes a year ago or even more whatever it is what advice do you have for people i would i would tell them i would tell them two things or well it's probably gonna be more than two things that's what we've learned uh, from, uh, from from this interview so the first thing that i would tell them to do is um to take some deep breaths and to like look up on youtube how to do like diaphragmatic breathing because that will literally trigger your nerve your sympathy your sympathy your 
parasympathetic nervous system and get you to calm down. The second thing is to look up on Coursera, which I don't know if, if you know what Coursera is or not. But it's but on Coursera. So when I was like super deep down in my depression and like we talked about uh, before the call started, uh, when I was like in San Francisco and I was depressed and, you know, in a bad place and I was waking up in the morning and like literally my first thought was like, fuck, I have to face this day. I finally, after a couple of weeks, luckily was able to pull myself out of it. And, and what helped me was I registered for this course on Coursera that you can take for free called A Lifetime of Happiness and Fulfillment. And even if you're in a good place, you should take this course. Um, and so to take that course and to become conscious about your own uh, happiness and your own fulfillment and then the third thing I would, I, would tell, I would say is to take stock in your life and, um, and, on, and honestly, dude, there's this app. It's called the Gratitude app. Download that app because in the morning, it will send you like a super positive message. And then at night, it'll send you a text and say like, hey, think about one thing you were happy about today. And it will pull you, it, it's like a, it's like a, it's just like how we talked about like in the organic Facebook marketing, when you're scrolling this newsfeed that like pattern interrupt, yeah. those like messages for me each day, dude, are like a pattern interrupt. And so it makes me be like, like I do have things that I'm really grateful for. Like I'm super grateful that my brother called me today and I got to talk to my nephews you know, or like, Hey, I'm super grateful that I got to get on this call and talk to you kind of thing, you know? So like those simple three things, man, it's, it's like the little things that once they are done repeatedly become like habits and massive life changes because dude, and like, like we talked about, man, um, do be like being happy, being present, being mindful. It's just like being in shape or being a, fucking entrepreneur like that shit takes effort and it takes like energy and you've got to do it dude because if the way that our world is set up is you've got especially now with social media with tv with all this stuff is you've got all these things to make you either one just be like a, a lemming or two to make you get into this like well i don't look like so and so and i don't have this and that so i shouldn't be happy kind of thing and that comparison game is deadly dude yeah so alex man this has been amazing thank you so much for your time all the energy all the thoughtfulness this conversation was i think powerful in in so many ways if people want to connect with you what are the best ways that they can do so man just hit me up on facebook alexander hauser h-o-u-s-e-r um hit me up on there that would be the best thing. Uh, and, you know, like anybody that uh, wants to have a chat about anything that we talk about, um, you know, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm an open book. So. <laughs> awesome, man. I'll definitely link that up in the show notes. Again, Alexander Hauser, thank you so much for your time. This has been a very fun conversation. AR Nation, thank you. Take care. Be well. And bye for now.